You are tuning into Latino Politics and News with Tony Diaz on 90.1 FM, KPFT, Houston, Texas. The era of Hispandering is over. First, we do want to give a moment of silence to acknowledge the tragedy in Uvalde and let you know that this has a lot to do with the work that we've been talking about. So first, we will take uh, 30 seconds of silence to observe that tragedy. We'll be talking about the Latino bookstore and its upcoming schedule for prosperity. So even if this is news to you and it's been a year in the making, there's a lot that we'll talk about that is for historical purposes. So wherever you are in that timeline, there's something for you. But um, I do want to mention our guest that we'll be talking to is uh, Cristina Bailly, who is the executive director of the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center and Lupe Mendes, who's Texas Poet Laureate. Of course, I'm Tony Diaz, a libertaficante. We debated many issues, including do we continue with this broadcast and other subsequent broadcasts and our arts programming? And even if we do, of course, we want to observe what happened, but we've decided today to also bring in so many of the elements that have led up to this into the conversation. And just to give you an idea of how that works, if we talk about corporate media, and again, I want to clarify, when I say corporate English or corporate media, that's the same language nonprofits use. That's the same language large arts organizations use to talk about our community. Typically, that involves taking our very complicated experiences and contracting it to make it easier to reach as many people as possible. That's not organic to our community. And here's one quick example. This broadcast is multi-platform, but it is combining Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, and Latino politics and news because our art involves politics. And you'll see how that what that specifically means as we go through the program. Additionally, if we were your typical nonprofit, it would just be a discussion of the rollout of these events. But we've been working on community issues for such a long time that it all ties in. So having said that, I do want to let you know that this is appearing live on Facebook and other social media platforms through StreamYard. Of course, the audio will appear on 90.1 FM KPFT, your community station, the video appears on fox26houston.com. And additionally, we come to you at live events. However, today's program is also about community culture, capital, art and culture, because we do want to talk about the work of the Latino bookstore and tell you some ways to intersect with it, especially the upcoming summer schedule, some pillar events. But I don't want you to take it for granted that this is your typical, even 
nonprofit arts organization, which can do art for art's sake. I think if you're in our community, you know we don't have the luxury of doing art for art's sake. And that's why I did want to have Lupe Mendez talking as poet laureate and someone who doesn't do art for art's sake. And then also um, Christina Bailly, who is director of the Lupe Cultural Arts Center, which she has cultivated this facility to, to basically intersect all these different areas. So we'll have them first say hi, maybe talk a little bit about their intersection with art and what's going on right now and happening and happened in Uvalde. And then we'll have Lupe read a poem for us because at the end of the day, we do really believe that, especially now, it is vital to get our voices out in the community. So we'll start with Christina. So first of all, thank you for taking the time to, to sit and talk to us. And we chatted a little bit about, do we go on the air at all? Does the work tie in? But you said that you did have some ways to shed light on arts intersection with what happened in Uvalde. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, yes. Well, first, I want to say hello to everybody. And again, I'm Christina Bailly, Executive Director of the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. And thank you, Tony, for being here, for working with us. Um, we're working with us on our Latino bookstore, you know, and just for being a, a good partner and, you know, in crime on many things over the years. And Lupe, Great to see you and great to host you later this week, uh, next week, at the end of next week, next Friday, that we will have you here. Um, but of course, you know, this work is just continuously going on and everything that happens around us, eventually we find the intersection with what we're doing. You know, sometimes um, when there's things going on, you know, in the world politically and the legislation and everything, and sometimes I think, oh, my God, I need to do more. You know, I need to go to such and such thing or I need to push such and such issue or I need to, you know, do this or that. Um, but then but I have limited time, you know, with my day job, um, which is running a major Latino arts organization. And then my personal life, you know, the things that I have to do to just take care of myself, um, there's limited time. And then I always go back to, no, wait a minute, you know, what we are doing at this cultural organization is addressing all these issues, you know, in one way or another. Um, and, you know, it is our, our culture and understanding of our culture Um which brings an understanding of ourselves. Uh, we do it through the arts. Um, so that is what the, what the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center was created for, was founded for. So with all these issues coming up around us, you know, then I always end up going back to, no, I just, to do something about all of this, I need to just continue doing my work, <laughs> double down on our work. Agreed. I think that's a great point. And that's really important to keep in mind right now. I'm going to go ahead and ask Lupe to share his insights on the intersection of all these different influences. Um, thank you, uh, Tony, for having me on. Um, and Christine, it's, it's good to be in conversation with you um, over all this. Um, I, I keep as an educator and as a writer and now as my position as poet laureate, um, the minute 
any of these instances occur. Um, one of the poems I'm actually going to read today, I didn't think I'd have to read again, or I was foolish to think I wouldn't have to read it again, especially in a state like Texas. Um, I think in terms of both an educator and as a writer, um, all of these intersections in terms of like how things work out, it's reflective of our, of our time. Like everyone is impacted by what happens in our schools, right? Um, what happens to our elders, what happens to our youth. Um, and if you're not, then, then you're not about community. And so I think that um, the work that, that uh, you're leading, uh, Cristina at the Guadalupe, the work that Tony's doing um, when the Palabra, um, the work that I get to do, uh, I'm blessed to do as an educator and as a writer, it all reflects what's happening with our elders and with our youth, and, and that's important. Um, yesterday, I had the opportunity, the chance to uh, attend the uh, rally protest uh, against the NRA at the, the George R. Brown Convention Center. Uh, and the protest was held at the park just right across the street uh, at Discovery Green. And it was it was heartening to see thousands of individuals like coalesce um, from all sorts of different backgrounds to speak out against uh, what was happening across the street. And interestingly enough, uh, I, I happened upon seeing uh, Sky News, which is a, a, a UK news outlet, uh, but they're, they're, they're a DC base uh, was here in Houston, they were interviewing individuals and there were actually a couple of folks from the NRA conference who had come to the protest to see what was happening. And, and uh, the reporter asked them their take on everything. And they said, though they're, they're members of the NRA, they're uh, questioning whether or not they should continue because they don't agree with the policy making that's occurred across the U S so there are, there's, there's reasonable people out there. Right. And it's, it's figuring out what that looks like. Um, I decided to wear for myself. I decided to go out with a, I read banned books, uh, t-shirt that I have. It's big, bright red with, uh, uh, banned books on it. And one lady had, had, uh, decided to question me as to, uh, if I was missing the point, cause I was wearing a banned book t-shirt during, a a banned guns protest. And another lady had, had said, no, it's, it's the thing. Like he's right. Like this state is so willing to quickly ban education policy, uh, readjust it so that it only specifically focuses on one thing and will quickly uh, find legal ways to ban books, but they have a hard time figuring out how to ban guns. And so like that lit up a bunch of people around me. And it's the point um, let's ban guns, not ban books. Um, and so I think that's the, the intersection. We're, we're in a space, in a time, in a state that looks to try to infringe on public education, but doesn't want to do its part for societal knowledge and what should be those, those pieces um, in that landscape. And I think that's rough and we need to have more conversations about it in as many different spaces as we can.
on that note, how about this? If you share one of your poems with us, and then we'll we'll talk more about all of these issues. And also, as is our modus operandi, uh, our MO is that we talk about deep subjects, but we have to act. So we're going to give people uh, an idea of what the schedule is like for the really brilliant lineup of poets and writers coming to the Latino bookstore in San Antonio, ways for the community to engage. And that's the balancing act is that we cannot be deterred by ugly events and we have to fire each other up to excite each other. So on that note, Lupe Mendez, would you kind of have to share a poem with us? Texas Poet Laureate, Guadalupe Mendez. Um, this piece, um, is similar to many of the pieces inside my collection, um, Why I Am Like Tequila. Um, I actually wrote this um, 2018, a day after the Santa Fe High School shooting. Um, and I, I reposted it uh, in the middle of this week after the Uvalde shooting um, and thinking of the two teachers uh, whose lives uh, were lost protecting their students. Um, when I hear that they want to let teachers carry guns, one, a knuckle pops in my throat the moment a student, an 18-year-old, asks me, Maestro, would you take a bullet for me? And my classroom is an empty house as the words leave his mouth. My solar plexus caves. I say, mijo, I decided that the moment I bubbled in the first multiple-choice question in my certification exam. 18 years ago. I've been waiting for you to ask this question. I hope I pass this test. Two, Mr. Mendes has a class of 35 students in a temporary building facing the playground. The entrance to the playground is at the far corner. A man in a peacoat enters at the corner with a gun. An announcement breaks over the loudspeaker, quote, Mr. Red is in the building. End quote. What should Mr. Mendez do? A. Tell all the children to hold their breaths. Think of air floating around in the sunlight. B. Tell the kids to count the number of times they hear a footstep, a click, a bang, a body. C. Tell them, freeze, exactly as you are. Grip this poem, a pulse across your temples. D. Turn out the lights. Hide the children in the books they picked up that last library visit. Three, and someone says, quote, give the teachers guns, end quote. I stumble and shatter into slivers of voice box and wails, mi salon es una casa, do you want us to speak into an empty house? Four, when time comes, I will put all of you students in my pockets. When one doesn't fit, I will stitch another pocket on this one, dead center on my heart, and hope that if that's the one that aims at me, this is where we will be, that I am taken as I am. The gun I want is in the shape of a book, its pages, the only shell casings I need covering my floor. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Lupe. Um, you wrote that. Tell us again when you wrote that first. I, I will kid you not. The beginning of that poem, my 
a now graduate, just recently graduated senior uh, with a, a degree in business admin from U of H, uh, Agustin Najera. Uh, the day that the shooting occurred at um, Santa Fe High School, it was our field day at uh, the high school I was working at. And the next day we had class and all the kids came in. They knew the news. They read the news. They, it was my English class. And all the kids, they talked about, you know, what the purpose of our lockdowns and sheltering in place and what does that do and how do we protect ourselves? And Agustin was like, Mr. When you trained as a teacher, did they train you that one day you'd have to take a bullet for me? Mr. Would you take a bullet for me? And I didn't hesitate to say yes. And I thought about the question he asked, like, did you get trained for this when you started to train as a teacher? And you don't like that's, that's, it is inherently the reason why this is a vocation and not just the job. It's the understanding that this is a life changing, uh, not career, but like the thing that you do that, that is more than the paycheck and the reason why teachers are in the classroom. And so I wrote that when I, I, I looked at the news and the kids talked about teachers that have died and what that costs a school, a community, their own families, their classrooms. Um, and I think about that and, and I didn't, you know, you would hope that this is not another kind of a situation in which you end up having those words echo later, but it, it is, it, it, Everything that's in that piece is still everything that that's relevant today, um, and that 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 for me holds some weight. Um, it's hard too. You know what? Um, and again, we, we were struggling with we were struggling with how this works and how how we would get through it. What's fascinating to me is that the. Um, is that it all ties in. So I, I'm going to go to you, Christina, but I want to set this up in a way so that people clearly understand why the work you mentioned we should double down on is so vital. Um, so if this were a corporate enterprise, we don't have time to go into whether corporate publishing would acknowledge the work of Lupa Mendez the way his current publisher has. We don't have time to go into the fact that the corporate publishing machine has ignored the west side of San Antonio. So it is a book desert, which you have created a literary oasis by opening the Latino bookstore there. And even if we ignore all that and somehow there were a corporate bookstore on the west side and that book were there, they don't have the experts to explain the connections that we are all immersed in at this moment, at this time. And that book would just be there. Um, Christina, um, you heard the poem. You know where we're at. You shared some of your thoughts. T tell us what your what your heart's telling you about your endeavors and your work. Uh, so much, you know, so much this week with everything we do. Yeah, the west side of San Antonio is a book desert, and so are many neighborhoods in Texas and throughout the country. And I'm thinking of Uvalde is also a book desert. So again, you know, we just have to double down on our work and make it accessible to everybody and 
perhaps, you know, even right now, you know, now we have the miracle of technology uh, and sometimes it's a miracle, sometimes it's not, but that we're able to spread it beyond our neighborhood borders, uh, which is what we're doing here now. Um, and uh, we just, uh, we need to continue this. The community has a need to reflect on itself. The, we, this was evidenced, you know, just last weekend, we came out of a very joyful weekend last weekend at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. Uh, we celebrated our 40th annual Tejano Conjunto Festival. We had a great festival all weekend long. We're still recovering from that. But one of the, the programs that we had was actually a panel presentation by various scholars and cultural workers in the Texas Mexican music field in Conjunto um, Norteño and Tejano music. And uh, I kid you not, this panel discussion lasted two and a half hours and the people stayed through it. You know, the last portion of it was a Q&A and people were there uh, so eager to have a discussion you know, and reflect on their own music and what that means about their own culture. And we're finding the same with the presentations that we're doing at the bookstore, you know, with the readings that we're doing at the bookstore. Um, we're creating a space, you know, for a community to reflect upon itself, uh, to go deeper um, into our own understanding. And, um, you know, thinking about the, the tragedy in Uvalde, uh, and we have, many of us have the saying that la cultura cura, right? There's going to be a lot of healing that, that's going to be necessary after this. And my other thoughts on this too, it's that how this spreads across ethnic groups and race and, and ethnicity. You know, mass shootings is not a Mexican-American problem only, you know, or an African-American problem it is a problem all across the United States um, with all ethnic groups. We have seen it hit very close to home here, you know, recently with, with Uvalde. And remember with El Paso too, I, I was just really shaken and, and worried. And so in the oppression, like Lupe was talking about, you know, with the legislature that is so ready, you know, to clamp down on books and education and certain aspects of knowledge and so ready to clamp down, you know, on abortion and women's rights. Um, so ready to clamp down on spending. And, you know, they keep saying this is, these are mental health issues. Um, and, uh, and they're so ready to clamp down on anything that is not white, right? Anything that is of color, um, so that's why we have like an added uh, pain and issue difficulty, you know, with these issues of, of mass shootings. And we feel particularly vulnerable. Um, so um, th th there's the only thing left for us to do is to continue this work, double down. Um, again, I thought um, I was happy to hear that Lupe was there in Houston because I thought about driving over there, you know, for that uh, to go protest the NRA conference. I'm in San Antonio and I go to Houston often. I have family over there um, and I thought, let me go. But I just have so much going on. I couldn't take the time to go over there. 
Um, on Wednesday, I was actually in Uvalde. I did drive to Uvalde. I live right off of Highway 90, so it's an easy drive for me. You know, I, I felt compelled just to go over there and, and pray, you know, and, um, you know, for, for everybody there and to, you know, just pray to start the healing process. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so, again, we, you know, it's issues of these mass issues, places like the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center, artists like Lupe have been addressing this for decades, for centuries, for centuries. So the fight is not over. We're just, we're going to continue to do it. Um, so, you know, we're here, you know, we're here with uh, offering, you know, these um, programs as best as we can, you know, given our limitations, you know, and then we have our limitations too. us uh, nonprofit arts, nonprofits of color have our limitations, our struggles, artists of color, you know, have their limitations, their struggles, you know, to be able to produce this art. Um, pero aquí estamos, you know, we're, we're, we're just going to continue doing it, sourcing our own, nurturing our own culture. That's what we're doing. We're just nurturing our own culture. So we'll continue to do that um, with the programs that we offer at the Guadalupe. That's beautiful. That's a great point is that we've been nurturing this art and culture for, well, it's, le it's legacy level work. Uh, on that note, again, as, as we do in our fields for our communities, we have to go from big ideas to very real events. Um, I, think, I think what I would like for people to take away from this episode would be when you hear the word activist, there's cliches in people's heads. What I always mean is, folks who act doesn't have to be uh, action that you imagine as a cliche. And those acts are important. It could be protests, like you mentioned. It could be direct actions, as you mentioned. Other ways to act are to organize readings, are to organize affinity groups, are to organize at schools. Those are all, to me, activist works because you're acting. On that note, let's talk about this awesome lineup because then you've come up with ways for the community to interact. So uh, first, a shout out to Roxana Guzman, who is our multi-platform producer and helps us out, uh, you know, crossing all these borders of technology. Also, shout out to Luis, uh, I'm sorry, um, Rodrigo Bravo Jr., who will be producing this for the um, audio broadcast. But let's put up the poster for the summer series at the Latino bookstore at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. And we want folks to know that we've got a fantastic lineup of events that are geared towards um, one particular day. And it's part of the pillar events. One is the Texas Author Series, which is every first Friday of the month. And then Saturday Books, which takes place on different Saturdays of each month. And um, I do want to talk about some of these events um, because 
I think people need to get the context, but also just know that, hey, you, you may not know exactly what's going to be happening a particular day, but know that it's going to be a lot of fun. So on the summer list kickoff, we're going to acknowledge Lupe Mendez, poet laureate of Tejas, who'll be reading from his book, Why I Am Like Tequila. And I wanted to ask Lupe, of course, you're getting a ton of exposure because <laughs> you're Texas Poet Laureate. Right. And I'm abusing our friendship by having you on often and everywhere. But I am also privileged to the fact that uh, San Antonio means a lot to you. The Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center means a lot to you. So this is not just another reading, not just another visit. Help us put into context what this means to you so we get a better idea of the kind of work of the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center is doing with this Latino bookstore. So, A, because my name, like that dopeness, <laughs> man, right? the most basic surface thing. Um but also in terms of of like the inner workings and and interconnectedness of like Latino arts history, right? Um, so Houston's first official uh, all Mexicano theater troupe uh, back in my non cana days uh, <laughs> was with uh, Alvaro Sadrios uh, and the Royal Mexican Players, right? Um, back when we were in our woof, like 22, 23, we were babies. Um, <laughs> we had organized uh, under Alvaro's uh, playwriting abilities and uh, the Guadalupe hosted um, a 10 minute, a, a 10 by 10. So it was 10 plays uh, in under 10 minutes. And it was one of the first spaces that we were able to take uh, the crazy Mexican show and Alvaro's writing ability on the road, right? Um, and and that groundwork, that intersectionality, played uh, had a major impact on on the work that we were doing. Uh, Jorge Pena was the artistic director of the Guadalupe at the time. Um, he would later move back to Houston um, to return back to Talento uh, Bilingue de Houston. Um, back when it was known as Teatro Bilingüe de Houston. Um, and so all that intersectionality is there. And for me, it, 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 the Guadalupe has always served as this like space of importancia and hermosura um, because in the arts, it, it, it just always served as a home. And so I'm grateful to, to step back into that. And a quick interjection there, Lupe, if I may, sorry to, to interrupt, but do you know that Jorge Piña is back now, right? Yeah, I did not know that. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be good. To, so, there, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's good times. And so mm -hmm. um, seeing that, you know, now being able to step back into that space, but with a totally different framework, um, we were scrounging for pennies to, to promote Alvaro's playwriting. Uh, and now he's a nationally recognized playwright. I get to serve as the state poet laureate. So, you know, we we both have our uh, masters of fine arts, uh, his in theater and playwriting and mine in, in uh, poetry. And we've done, I, I can say we've done pretty well for ourselves. And I'm grateful 
that there were spaces like uh, Nuestra Palabra and TBH and the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center that were there to help us spring all that early work on uh, so that we can get to where we are today. Christine, that overlaps some of your departments too. I tell you what, before you comment on on what Lupe just dropped, all that history, tell us, this, is it the seven artistic disciplines? Uh, I can't even remember how many. <laughs> I know, I keep getting the number wrong. It's, it's music, dance, theater, uh, literary arts, visual arts, uh, media, and I added folk and traditional arts. So I count seven, yes. Wow. And Lupe just kind of mixed a bunch up there. Is that what you wanted the Latino bookstore to do is kind of bring it all together and people can take a, a bit of it home and drop in and, and then find out more about it later? That's right. Yes, that's what we want. You know, we just want to make all of this available and uh, for people to be able to explore you know, whatever they want to explore. Um, and, uh, you know, and even though we, we can't, again, you know, uh, Lupe mentioned some of the early struggles, you know, and even now, you know, 40 years later from when the Guadalupe started, uh, we still have some struggles, you know, so, so we're not, you know, we still struggle with, you know, the hours that we're able to be open, you know, sometimes we don't have a marketing person, you know, we struggle with getting all the social media and, you know, those type of things. Um, but yes, we want to make, you know, uh, provide the opportunities for people to come explore. Unfortunately, the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center can't be open 24 hours. Although if you had the capacity, if you had the money, funding and staff, it would be busy 24 seven, but you can't. <laughs> and uh, likewise, the Latino bookstore can't be open 24 hours. You can definitely come and enjoy the Texas Authors series every first Friday. We mentioned uh, for historical purposes, Friday, June 3rd, Lupe Mendez, Texas Poet Laureate with his collection, Why I Am Like Tequila. Also, for Saturday books, once every month on a Saturday, it'll be at 2 p.m. You can swing by and enjoy on Saturday, June 11th. It'll be Conversando a Través de la Poesía, Conversing Through Poetry, which is a wonderful group of poets who, are, who do festivals. Uh, they're based in Houston. Some travel to San Antonio. And they go out of their way to publish books. They do festivals. So it's great that their books are available there. And they'll be convening at that day. Everyone is welcome. And then Texas Author Series, first Friday, July 1st. This is going to be cool because it's another new tradition. It's California and Texas uniting for a Latina Tri-City tour featuring published in Califas from Tia Chucha Press. That's founded by Poet Laureate of Los Angeles, Luis Rodriguez, formerly banned in Arizona. Uh, Claudia Castro Luna, she's got her collection, Cipota Under the Moon, and she is Salvadoran. So we do want to reach out to our Salvadoran brothers and sisters. And Irene Lara Silva, who is the author of Hibiscus Tacos, will be with us as well. But 
So folks know the readings, that part of the readings will start in Houston. So on Houston, June 29th, here at 6 p.m., we're going to have a reading featuring Claudia Castro Luna. And then the day after that, we're going to go to Austin, Texas on June 30th to the Underground Library at, at uh, La Peña, right there on Congress. And then that first Friday, July 1st at 6 p.m. will be the culminating event at the Latino Bookstore. But what I'd like you to know is that that is possible because we have an anchor facility, which is the Latino Bookstore. And I do want to pause here to let people know, again, I'm putting this challenge out there. I believe this is possibly the only Latino bookstore in Texas. And here's why I say that very delicately and politically. I want to be proven wrong. You know, I want some bookstore that's been out there saying, hey, we've been doing this and here we are. And I want to give a shout out and love because this is not a corporate challenge. Um, there, may, there needs to be many of us. Uh, there's Casa Ramirez in Houston, Texas. That is a folk art gallery with books. I love Chrissy Ramirez and the late uh, Macario Ramirez. Um, they have books there. Uh, also, shout out to um, uh, Red Salmon Press in Austin. They do arts. They publish books. But they don't have the ability to just focus on books. And I, I had heard something about a possible bookstore in Laredo. I got all excited and looked for it, and it wasn't there. Um, let's talk about some of the challenges of running a bookstore, Christina. Um, and, and I'll just give three out right away. I, I think one big issue is just rent. Uh, any bookstore has to take up a lot of space. So they wake up day one, five to $10,000 in the hole just for rent. That means they have to sell about, if you, if you got to make $10,000 to pay the rent, you've got to sell $25,000 worth of books before you can even start making a profit. I'll pause there. Any other challenges you want to mention, Christina? I don't want to depress us all, but let's be real. Staffing, um, security, you know, safety, besides the costs on rent, there's cost on staffing. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, security, you know, we, we got to make sure that everything's okay. You know, everything's in place, um, promotion, marketing, um, yeah, all those challenges, um, for a, a place like ours is able to uh, take in those costs because we are a nonprofit organization that is actually happens to be very asset rich, um, which is unusual, in the, the arts world, and especially the arts of color world. The Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center, with its 40 years of history, has amassed lots of property around uh, in the area where we're based on the corners of Guadalupe and Brazos streets in the west side of San Antonio. We own six properties up and down Brazos streets and uh, manage one other, which is the Guadalupe Theater. Um, so, so we already have those assets. Um, so we don't have to worry about the rent, about paying rent. Um, and then we were able, this building where the bookstore opened, it's the old historic Progreso pharmacy building. And we were able to renovate that through, um, 
bond funding from the city of San Antonio with bond packages from 2012 and 2017. That's how we were able to renovate the building and uh, therefore have opened up. This is a two-story building. Uh, we've only done the first floor, and uh, but we have to open that up to the public. So connected to the bookstore is the Progreso Community Gallery, where we have a variety of exhibits. Um, so we're able, again, to absorb these costs, you know, through some of our fundraising efforts, some of our, our grants. We are getting a federal grant, um, you know, to help pay for some of the staffing of the bookstore. So, yeah, the operations of this bookstore is subsidized, you know, to actually do it as a business. Uh, th that's really rough. You know, that, that is really, really rough. So uh, we are working very hard to subsidize the operations of the bookstore to get to a point, you know, where we can, hopefully we do want it to be profitable, to turn it uh, to be at a profitable place. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, that's how businesses work, right? A lot of times, you know, there's investment and they're not profitable you know, the first few years, you know, until they get to a point of being profitable. Uh, fortunately, we are, we were able, you know, we're able to get that uh, initial investment through some of our nonprofit fundraising efforts. And I'm going to go ahead and go through the rest of the lineup so that people can get a sense of what that makes possible and why we have to really target our resources in a particular way on Saturday, July 9th, 2 p.m., continue with our Saturday books, will be writer Richard Santos, who will present his new novel published to Arte Público Press, Trust Me. He's also the director of the Austin Bat Cave. So, again, we want to unite all the Texas cities. San Antonio, you got to share this treasure that is a Latino bookstore. So it is a statewide destination site. On Friday, August 5th, uh, this is that's the first Friday of August, 6 p.m. I got to tell you, it's going to be the national launch of my book. Tony Diaz and Libertad Ficante will present the new book, The Tip of the Pyramid, Cultivating Community Cultural Capital. What I love is that the Guadalupe is an example of community cultural capital. And then the Saturday books in August is going to feature three generations of San Antonio poets. It's celebrating the new anthology, Absolutely Poetry Anthology 2. Uh, and that's going to include uh, writers from San Antonio's West Side, such as Victoria Fennell, Imelda Zapata-Garcia, Andy Garcia-Lynn, Alexandra Klein, and Sophie Lynn. And then Friday, September 2nd, which again will be the first Friday in September, writer, poet, translator, performer Jasmine Mendez with her new book, City Without Altar. And also I should mention that Jasmine, of course, uh, we've known her for ever and so proud of her but she also just recently translated into spanish the book by amanda gorman who as you all know uh gave the inaugural poem uh when joe biden was brought into office i tell you what i want to give some more highlights about the year that's gone by and then we'll have lupe mendez close us out with a poem but uh christina we mentioned some of the challenges some beautiful things i want to give a few of my favorite moments um i won't go into the chaos of the subsequent COVID-19 shutdowns in ways <laughs> which hampered our launch. But the launch was beautiful. We had the national launch of Dr. Cintli Rodriguez's books, 50 Years, Mas o Menos Among the Gringos, <laughs> Writing Among the Gringos. That was beautiful. It was packed indoors and outdoors. 
that was really such a fun event. Congratulations. You mentioned the Conjunto Festival combining with a literary component with Little Joe's book. That was a packed house to talk about his book. Emma Gonzalez wrote the book. It was his life story. But I really love that just before that, when the focus was on Mouthfield Press and independent press, you were able to go into schools through the San Antonio Junior Forum and bring poets into schools for really brilliant classes and free books. Those are some of my highlights, Christina. Hey, fire us up. What are some great moments that you've had so far in the in the recent history of the Latino bookstore? Yes, all those that you mentioned, you know, and uh, another one of my favorite moments is taking people there to see it, you know, and letting people know, you know, you know, we have a bookstore open now and come see it, come visit it. And um, there's been lots of those moments. We've taken lots of people in to go visit it and, and see it. And uh, that's great because um, now that is our gathering spot. Also, that is our bookstore is now like our box office for our programs that we produce at the theater. You know, so people, uh, so we're trying to get a lot of traffic in there. And then the other thing, too, is that this where the bookstore is located. It's right across the road the street from the Guadalupe Theater. And the whole area has been designated as a cultural district by Texas Commission on the Arts. So we are also building up a portion of the bookstore area and the gallery to be the visitor center for the wow. Westside Cultural District of San Antonio. So yeah, I think, I think my favorite part is showing off the bookstore to visitors. <laughs> I love it. And what a jewel for the city and the state. Lupe Mendez, Texas Poet Laureate, close us out with one of those state-mandated, state-approved, mind-boggling poems. And fire us up, Mano. And I'm going to let you get your mic on because right now we cannot hear you. Because I turned my mic off to make sure I wasn't breathing into the stuff. Um, okay, this one is entitled Manos uh, or Prayer Holding Night. A fist, no, bullets out, the pop of skin, the twist of wrist, where scars pox out, coals rubbed together where the air runs to hide, first seconds of fresh wounds, el significado de un trancazo, getting a confetti of fish scales, tocando dos monedas siempre, the rash that spiders into bleed, reaching out in a pitch so black, gripping collected corn stalks, looking for change in pockets, metal across jawbone biting, bricks against me, against me, combs of warm water and hair, bandages holding paychecks, shovels up in the wet ground, translators when tongues slur, a shave with a sizzling knife, abriendo ataúd sin pesame, age measured and caguamas, Red slices of a calf's throat, the nail that scratches white, dotted knuckles magnetic, cold bones on card tables, blisters wrapped in mint, a heart that waits to beat, a shake in the forearms, glass shards in tendons, boxing practice lessons, seconds jabbing reflex, boiled water thrown, thunder up in the body, Hacksaws for limbs, weighted fingers, axe split roots, the snap of ribs, a fling machete, palms cup clap, tenderness waiting, a prayer holding night.
And that was Lupe Mendez, Texas Poet Laureate, who forms part of the stellar lineup of the summer series of the Texas Author Series at the Latino Bookstore. And we've also been joined by the director of the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center and the vision behind the Latino Bookstore, Cristina Bailly. Thank you both for joining us so much. And this has been Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante, with a special broadcast combining Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, and Latino politics and news because our art is politics. It's multi-platform. I want to thank Roxana Guzman for producing our multi-platform shows. I also want to thank Rodrigo Bravo Jr. for editing our audio for our radio broadcast. I want to thank all our listeners. Uh, this is Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante, on behalf of Nuestra Palabra and Latino politics and news, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you.